You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Today, we are talking about representing your country. And so if you have got your notes, get them out. And uh, if you are happy to be listening to this on the internet, we have people watching it on the internet. Warm welcome to you. We're glad that you are watching with us. And we hope that you get inspired and strengthened as you listen on the internet. The Olympics are only five days away, not too long, and uh, already our city is buzzing and changing. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot more police officers around. Uh, There's a lot more people on the street, and our city is changing. It's getting ready for it, and it's kind of fun to be here. They say there's over 80 nations that are coming to our country from all over the world, of course, and then there's nations that have never been in the Olympics that are going to be here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're not sure yet whether they're going to be here, but the, I've heard and read that this may be their debut for Winter Olympics. So one of the nations that they're talking about is Colombia debuting in the Winter Olympics. Anybody here from Colombia? Do we have anybody? We got right here. Look at the people from Colombia. I, I don't know what you guys got. You may have you know, the Jamaican bobsledding team, you know, the Colombian bobsledding team or something. Colombian skiers or whatever it is, snowboarders, but we have, I heard Colombia team is going to debut. I also heard that uh, Cayman Islands is going to debut. Anybody from Cayman Islands? Nobody from Cayman Islands. All right. Well, Ghana. Anybody from Ghana? Ghana here. Look at these. Yeah, give them a big hand. We got the team from Ghana here this morning. We're, we're a mosaic of countries and also heard that Pakistan was going to debut. Anybody from Pakistan here this morning? Pakistan, Pakistan, going once, going twice, okay, not in this service. Anyhow, there's a number of nations that will be their first time at the Olympics. Now, when the teams come, whatever country they're from, they get prepped before they go. They get reminded. If you're from Ghana, I'm sure they got all the team together and say, okay, now you're going to Canada. And they said, what is Canada like? They said, good question. <laughs> That's a lot of explanation for Canada. We're, because we're such a mosaic, we sometimes struggle with our identity. But anyhow, they'll give them an idea of what Canada's like. And then they'll say, oh, this is who, who you are. You are from this country or that country. And here's how you need to conduct yourself. And we want you to bring back the gold medal. And, and they're, they're encouraged, just go do your best. And so they go representing their country. And they wear their country colors. And they wear their country name. And, and they march into that opening ceremony and they're carrying the flag, and it's a big deal, the country they represent. Likewise, it's a big deal, the country you represent in the spiritual realm. You represent a spiritual country, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Well, the question is, what is our country? If you have your notes, Paul helps us on this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, our citizenship is in heaven. Let's repeat that together. For our citizenship is in heaven. That's where your citizenship is. I know you may be a Canadian citizen, you may be a citizen of Ghana, you may be a citizen of another country, but spiritually, your citizenship is in heaven. Paul went on to say, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.13, Paul says, he has rescued us, that's Jesus, rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. There was a time when we were in darkness, and when you're in darkness, you're ruled. You're ruled by darkness. It's no fun to be in the kingdom of darkness. It's no fun to be ruled there. As a matter of fact, you can't get out of the kingdom of darkness unless Jesus takes you out of the kingdom of darkness. And he takes you, or transfers you, brings you out into the kingdom of his dear son. That kingdom is the citizenship of heaven, same thing. 
You know where God's most expensive real estate is? God has a lot of real estate. If you explore the universe, he's got a lot of real estate, a lot of planets and solar systems, and little planet Earth is a part of that. But you know where his most expensive real estate is? After all, he said heavens and earth will pass away, but there's more expensive real estate that God has. That most expensive real estate of God is your heart. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Our heart is God's most expensive real estate. That's why he's far more interested in what goes on in our heart than what he is about the, the natural land boundaries and so forth. He's interested in our heart. That's his most expensive real estate. That's where he lives and dwells. That's where his kingdom is. The kingdom of God is within you. When you came into this kingdom of God, when he brought you into it, you have something very, very valuable given to you. And that is your heavenly passport. You have a heavenly passport. You're a citizen of heaven and you have a heavenly passport. If you're a Canadian citizen, you got a Canadian passport. I don't know about you, but when I travel abroad, I'm always careful where I carry my passport. You make sure that you, you have it in a secure place. And when you're in your hotel, you lock it in, up in a safe or wherever you're going. In some countries, they tell us that your passport, Canadian passport, on the black market is worth more than $10,000 U.S. So you, you watch your passport. You don't want to lose your passport. It's difficult to get on the plane. It's hard to get out of the country. And so you watch your passport. Very valuable. Well, you have a heavenly passport. Now, some of you may have dual citizenship here on the planet Earth. Uh, how many have more than one citizenship? How many have dual citizenship? Look at the hands. We've got lots of people that have that. I wish I had that, but I don't. I just have a good old Canadian passport. But in the heavenly realm, the spiritual kingdom you belong to, you cannot have dual citizenship. You don't want dual citizenship because of that old kingdom. Because whatever kingdom you're in, that can rule over you. They will ask you to pay taxes. They'll enlist you in their army. And they'll enforce their rules upon you. Here's the good news. That kingdom of darkness can no longer enforce its rules over your life. It can no longer rule your life. You have been brought out of that kingdom and you brought into this kingdom and it no longer has any rule over you. If you became a Canadian citizen and you let go of your other citizenship, whatever country it was, they can't tax you anymore. They can't enlist your kids into the army. It's over. It's done. You're no longer a citizen of that country. And some of you came to this country and you said, I'm so glad I am no longer a citizen of that other country. I'm just glad I'm Canadian. Because I didn't like that system. I don't want them to rule over me. I wanted to be Canadian. And when you became a citizen of heaven, the kingdom of darkness no longer has any rule over your life. Hallelujah. That's good news. You got a new passport. It's good. New privileges. Colossians chapter 3, 1 and 2. It's there in your notes. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ. Raised. Not lowered. Raised. It's a better life. Paul said, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about the things down here on earth. It's really easy just to be consumed with thoughts down here on earth. Right now, the Olympics coming up, it's easy to think about the Olympics, just thinking about this, or thinking about our our holidays, thinking about our jobs, thinking about our family, thinking about this and that. Paul said here, Don't just think about your life here. Think about the reality of heaven. Because you're going to spend a lot more time in heaven than you are here on the planet Earth. Think about it. We often don't think much about heaven. When there's a funeral, we think about it. When somebody comes to sell us life insurance, we think a little bit about it. A few times we think about it. But other than that, we don't think a lot about it. But folks, your citizenship in heaven is much more eternal, 
It's much more significant than whatever citizenship you have in whatever country. So, as a representation, we have to remember this is our country. Athletes who come to the Olympics, they know what nation they represent. They, it's very clear when they get on the podium and they win that gold medal and they raise their flag and they sing their national anthem, how many know their, their, pre, their chest goes out just a little bit and say, yeah, that's my country. I'm hoping during the Olympics, I don't know about you, but I'm hoping to see some Canadians on that podium. I'm hoping to sing, oh, Canada on some of those, at some of those times. So that's the natural. But in the spiritual, you represent the country. Uh, we have an enemy who likes to mess with our identity. Canadians sometimes struggle with their identity. A number of years ago, and I have proof for that, by the way, a number of years ago, in the 80s, there was uh, a TV show on that became very popular in Canada. It was also popular in the United States, and it was, uh, won a lot of awards. And the two characters on this TV show were nominated for the highest order that a citizen could get in our country, the Order of Canada. They were nominated to get the Order of Canada because they had such an influence on Canadian culture and identity. I don't know if you can guess who it is, but I'll give you the answer. Their names were Doug and Bob McKenzie. Does anybody remember them? Okay, now if you, that's a little bit of Canadian history. You can Google them if you like. But Bob and Doug McKenzie were nominated as uh, the Order of Canada because they influenced Canadian culture. Influence Canadian identity. Now, if that's Canadian identity, we are all in deep trouble. <laughs> you have to go watch them to understand what I'm talking about. They, they're something else. Anyhow, uh, they're the ones that came up with the word hoser, you know, take off a... Do you remember their national... you remember the, the song that they opened up with when they, they came on? It became a... It, somebody's got it out there. They're a little bit kooky, anyhow. You, you, you had to see it. Some of you are looking like, I do not know what he's talking about. Well, if you came to Canada after about 1985, you would have missed it. But it's part of our Canadian culture. So anyhow, uh, in our other service, we were asking, and last night we asked, who do you think would represent Canada? Who's a good representation of Canada? Last night, we had Wayne Gretzky was mentioned. Uh, this morning, we had... Uh, uh, Tim Hortons mentioned. He thought, man, there's a Canadian if there ever was. So and I won't list all the names because I want to get some feedback from you guys. Who do you think represents Canada? Give, give me some names here this morning. Michelle Jean. Very good. Absolutely. Represents Canada. Who else would be better than Doug and Bob McKenzie to represent our country? Paul Henderson in the back here. We had him speak. True Canadian icon. Anybody else? Gordon Lightfoot, yeah. Anybody else? Terry Fox. Terry Fox, absolutely. He's been in every service, Terry Fox. Who's that? Mike Holmes, another Canadian. Michael J. Fox. Don Cherry. Why is that funny? I don't know. <laughs> we had him last night. He's a... Uh, Don Cherry, you know, he... he this is a bit of a side trip, you know, but Don Sherry has a deep faith in God, Christ. He's, he's, he's an interesting guy when you hear his testimony. There was somebody else up here. Cindy Clausen. Yeah, our speed skater. Anybody else? Pastor Coop. Yes. <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> Anyhow. Diane Craw. You know, we, it's interesting when we have done this in every service, we have a lot more musicians listed than we do politicians. 
Someone said you can influence a country more through a song than you can through your politics, and there might be some truth to that. But we did have Pierre Trudeau in the other services. Uh, he was an amazing politician in our land. Any other names just before we move on? Who's that? Canadian military. Canadian military. Yeah, last night we had a fellow who went to Africa. What was his name? Yes. Yeah. What was it? Let me say it again. Delaire, yes. He has written a book. I haven't read it, but people have referred it. So anyhow, there's a sprinkling of Canadians that we could mention. Uh, One that wasn't mentioned that I think deserves a mention, because every time I go to a Canucks game, I hear them singing his song. Stomping Tom Connors. All right. Glad somebody's with me. Oh, the good old hockey game. It's a good old hockey game. It's the best game you can name. <laughs> it's a good old. Anyhow, you know one you didn't mention this morning. A little disappointed at this eleven o'clock service because it came up in the other two. Red green. I thought that was. Good. <laughs> Anyhow, Canadian identity. We have a spiritual identity. We have a national identity. Now, what Satan tries to do in your spiritual identity, he tries to confuse it. He tries to undermine it. Because if your identity is confused, you cannot execute your plan. If you're confused about who you are, you will not win, so to speak. So he comes to Jesus. Jesus is in the wilderness. And what does he do to our Lord? He said, if you are the Son of God. Jesus responds. He comes back again. He says, if you are the Son of God. Now, his strategy for you has not changed. He will say to you, if you are a Christian, why did you do this? If you are a good husband, why did this happen? If you are a good father, whatever you do, he tries to undermine your identity. And if you start to second guess your identity, you're not empowered. Fear creeps in. And when fear creeps in, your love goes, your power goes, your sound mind goes. So his mode of operation is to attack your identity. Very important we know what is our country, who are we, what is our heavenly citizenship. So, next question. What is our role and responsibility? If if heaven's our home, if that's where our citizenship is, well then, what's my responsibility? Number one, to be an ambassador and represent our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul says, We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. So we're an ambassador. Ambassadors have privileges. Ambassadors have responsibilities. If you're downtown at all, you'll see the downtown Vancouver ambassadors. Have you seen them? They've got the red uniform on. They have a little cap and they walk around. And, and you know what their role is? They're sponsored by the business association downtown. And their role is to talk to you and to engage you. You look confused. You look lost. You look like you need some help. Can I help you? And so they engage people. They're sent by the business association to engage people to help them bring them an answer. We're ambassadors. We're sent to engage with people and bring them to the answer, which is our Lord. A few years ago, we had an ambassador with us, Dennis Ignatius from Malaysia, and he helped us understand ambassadors. Here's a few points. Ambassadors are sent by the head of a sovereign state to a foreign country with power to represent the sovereign by whom they are sent. So we're sent by God. We are empowered by him. Jesus said, I'm going, but all authority has been given to me. Now you go. He like the old Western, when the sheriff says to the posse, I'm going to deputize you, go get the bad guys, and he, he deputizes them. So we have been empowered by him as ambassadors. We're sojourners. We're here for a season. Now, secondly, 
the first right of an ambassador, this is very important, is that a per, he has a personal, or she has a personal audience with the king. If you're an ambassador for Canada, you get an audience with the prime minister. That's pretty special. If you're an ambassador to the United States of America, you get an audience with the presidents. Whoever, whatever nation you are, you have an audience with them. Folks, we have an audience with our king. We have an audience with our God. That's huge. Our Lord came, was sacrificed, gave his life for us. The sin barrier was removed, and we could have access to the very presence of our King and our Lord. You know, the Bible, it says in the Old Testament, the old prophets, they would love to have been in your shoes. They would love to have been sitting right where you are. David would have liked to have been there. Moses would have been liked to be in there. Ezekiel, Isaiah, all of them would have loved to be in your position. Why? Because they didn't have that same privilege. We get to come right into the presence of God. Jesus has made the sacrifice. They were under the Old Testament law. Sacrifices had to be made. We live in such an amazing period of grace that we get to come before our king. Let's never get familiar with that. Let's never get used to it. Let's never take it for granted. We get to come before our king and have an audience with him at any time. Yeah. Are we excited about that? or is that? We, have we just kind of got used to that? Yeah. Amen. We, this, this should be something that just thrills our heart, and we never get tired of it. Uh, ambassadors have a duty to protect others from their own nation. If you lose your passport in a country, your, your ambassador is there to help you. We're here to help also our church family. Ambassadors are controlled by those in authority over them. When you say, I'm ambassador of this country, that means I submit to their authority. As a Christian, we submit to the lordship of Christ. An ambassador is handpicked by his or her nation. You're chosen. God chose you. You're picked. You're special. You're valuable. God has a lot of valuable people, a lot of special people. You're his ambassador. Uh, an ambassador has a full grasp on what the big, best interests of the country are and can engage, there's that word again, engage in discussion with people in the country they're sent to serve. So we're ambassadors. What's our role? We're from this country, from this nation. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to build this church. Matthew 16, 18, now I say to you that you're a Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell cannot conquer it. That's Jesus' role. If our king, if our Lord says, I will build my church, if he is the head of the church, he said so much about the church, he's coming back for the church. So our role is to fulfill what he wanted us to do, to build the church. So it's very important. Church is not a building. This is a tool. It's a structure. We meet here, but the church is the people. And we're here to do what he asks us to do, build his church, equip the church. What's our responsibility? Share the message. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 23 to 25, it's in your notes, I did this all because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I like that. It's about the message, the good news. He said, I, didn't just, I don't want to just hear it. I want, to, I want to do the stuff. I want to be in on it. Then he went on to say, you've all been to the stadium, you've seen the athletes race, everyone runs, one wins. Run to win, all good athletes train hard, they do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. Year after one, that's gold eternally. Athletes will stand up on a podium in a couple weeks and they're going to get a gold medal. That's great, but that thing's going to fade. You, on the other hand, are going to get a reward that will never fade. That's the truth. Set your eyes on that. Set your sights on that. Think about that, Paul says. He said, we all run. He says, and look, he says to them here in this verse, 
I like this. He said, you've all been to the stadium. He's writing to the church in Corinth. These guys must have been into sports. He's writing to the church. Hey, you guys are sports nuts. You've all been to the stadium and watched the races. I think if Paul was here and he was in Vancouver in 2010, Paul would be at the stadium. Paul would have bought some tickets. Paul would have engaged. He went to Mars Hill and he talked to the people on Mars Hill. He engaged. He wasn't hiding in some little corner. He was out there with the people. He said, engage, share the message. So that's our role as uh, ambassadors. How are we supposed to act? This is a good question. You know, that's really important as, uh, as an, a representative here in Vancouver, uh, especially if you're hosting other countries, how you act. I talked with our friend Billy Bennett. He was, uh, he's on the hospitality team for our city. I called him yesterday. I was asking him some questions about it. And he said, oh, yeah, we got a list of things we have to do. And it, it's a big deal how you engage others. It made the front page news not too long ago how our city was supposed to have a certain protocol representing our city, our nation. Here's a news clip just to refresh you because we're going to go from that into the rest of this. Uh, how do we act as a representation of heaven. City employees get a lesson on hosting Olympic VIPs, including suggestions on how to smile. Live from Global British Columbia, the News Hour with Chris Gales. Good evening and thanks for joining us. When the Olympics come to town, visiting VIPs will be greeted at Vancouver City Hall by a well-dressed and smiling group of employees. How do we know this? Well, it's because a handbook has been distributed to everyone detailing exactly how to behave, how to dress, and yes, even how to smile when they encounter foreign dignitaries. Robin Stickley has our top story. Vancouver is dressed to impress, ready to shine and be shown off to the world. But looks aren't everything. The city of Vancouver wants to ensure our manners are also buffed and polished. Not furrow your brow or, or smile too long. Or no kind of limp noodle handshake. you got to have a proper handshake. And it says here there's nothing too demeaning, too demanding, or just plain to, to beneath you. Just a few of the rules in the playbook of etiquette. The protocol manual is City Hall's attempt to point city staff in the direction of what's appropriate <laughs> during the games. Yeah, so there you got this little clip that they put on there and... They have a city staff and other people that are being prepped. You represent Vancouver. When other nations come, you represent our nation. Here's a protocol. Here's etiquette. And here's how you're supposed to conduct yourself. Is this foolishness? No. Now, sometimes they went on the interview. They said, you know, some of it's a little bit overboard. Uh, you know, making sure your socks, is, socks match. And, I mean, they, they went into some real detail. Don't let your hairy legs show when you sit down. You know, that kind of stuff. But... For the most part, it's good. You represent Canada. You represent Vancouver. Other nations come. Here's, here's etiquette. When China held the Olympics, they, they prepped people. They gave them the protocol. They gave them the etiquette. This is how you're to conduct yourself because you represent our nation. God say, you're a representation of me. And there's a certain protocol that you should live. You should reflect me. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, you should be a reflection of what country you're from. Philippians chapter 1 tells us only that your conduct, Paul says, be worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
It literally means perform your duties as a citizen, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now, in that little clip we watched, they were talking about how to get ready, how to shake the hands, how to engage the VIPs. One little difference is, in the scriptures, we learn that the Good Samaritan reached out to a VIP on the side of the road. A VIP can come in any shape, form, any status of life, because God values every person so incredibly valuable. So this really becomes our, our book of etiquette and protocol. You can just write down your side notes, Romans chapter 12. What would be our protocol? What would be our etiquette? What would our handbook say? It would read like this, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Give preference to others. Don't lag in diligence. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be steadfast in prayer. Distribute to the needs of the saints. Give to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Don't repay evil for evil. Uh, do, not overcome e- do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That would be our protocol. That would be our kingdom's etiquette. Does that make sense? So there's a sense of protocol and etiquette in our kingdom. We're representing a nation, just like these athletes represent a nation. Well, what's our rights and privileges? Oh, before I go on, just let me give a side note to that. This is important. It's an important statement. Christianity is not how Christians act. Christianity is Christ. Because sometimes they say, well, look at these Christians, they're hypocrites, so forth. No, no. Look, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Christians are not perfect. We're all a work in progress. We try our best to reflect Christ. But at the end of the day, we, Christianity is Christ. It is Him. It is God. That's who we are following. Now, what, the last question here, what are our rights and privileges? Well, number one, I love this one. We sang about it. We have a right to use the name of Jesus. John 16, 24. We wear His name. Until now you've asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. Every nation has certain rights and privileges. When you become a Canadian citizen, you get rights and privileges. As a believer, you have certain rights and privileges. Have you ever traveled and you really want to go to that first-class lounge? I tried that one time. You know, I'm just, it's a long layover, and uh, I really like to get into the Maple Leaf Lounge. I'm Canadian after all. I had a Maple Leaf on my credit card, and I thought that would be enough. And so I went to the Maple Leaf Lounge, and I put down my ticket... And I put down my credit card and I said, could I stay in the lounge? I got a couple hours. And they said, no, Mr. Coop, you cannot. You are flying economy. (laughs) Economy does not get into Maple Leaf Lounge. You have to be flying first class, have some kind of status. I, I didn't have the right or the privilege of coming into there. I'm so glad for the privilege that I have in Jesus. We have amazing privileges in him. And we are able to use his name better than any other name. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's certain rights and privileges already for the Olympics. There's certain lanes, and you cannot drive in that lane unless you have a certain sticker on your car. And then, have you noticed that there's, there's now people that have the little tags that go around their neck, and they, they, wear, they have a big badge, you know? And I've noticed them coming, they're in the street, and they're working, and they're just like, I got a badge. I got an Olympic Van Ock uniform. And it's like, and it's just, I mean, and, and, and good on you, man. We're, we're glad for you serving. But it's just kind of like, I've got that, and they're, they're happy to have it. And we, we should be. But guess what? We have 
in a good sense, we have the name of Jesus, the name above every name. We, we sang it earlier. What a treat it is to be, have been given his name. Okay. Uh, we also have been given authority, Luke chapter 10, 19 and 20. It's there in your notes. And uh, Paul, or the Lord said here, I give you authority over the powers of darkness, over the enemy. But then the last verse, verse 20, is really important. Don't rejoice just because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered where? As citizens of heaven. That's our homeland. Then also, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. It is such a privilege to be a citizen of heaven. Well, as an ambassador, the question is, how long is our term? Ambassadors serve for certain terms. How long is our term? Well, Psalm 39.5 tells us, my life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. So right now, you are living in the dash. You know your birthday, right? You know the year you were born, right? But you don't know the day you're going to die. You don't know the year you're going to die. Right now, you're living in the dash. And you only get to be an ambassador while you live in the dash. You don't get to die and go to heaven and say, Oh, Lord, you know, I'd like to really go back and do that again. I kind of I missed out on a couple things. Can I, can I go back and do that again? Now that I'm in heaven, I realize it would have been really good to do that. And I kind of missed out on that opportunity. Can I go back and do that again? God, it would have, whew, you know what? Yeah, those Olympics in February in 2010, I could have been serving at that translating station, giving away some coffee and hot chocolate. I kind of, yeah, it was all about me, my four, no more, and I didn't go. I should, I'd really like to go back and do that over again. And God would have said, no, you, you had your chance. The pastor made an earnest plea for you to be there. <laughs> No pressure, guys, but if you want to sign up afterwards, you can just go downstairs there. We'll be glad to have you serve hot chocolate and coffee. But think about it. Why wouldn't we? They come to us, the church. They say, would you help us give out coffee, hot chocolate, and a smile to people waiting at the station? They come to us. Why would we say no? Why wouldn't we go in the light of eternity as citizens of heaven Representing Christ, why wouldn't we go serve? So, if you'd like to serve, we've got room for you to serve. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, moving right along. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Uh, you may be here this morning, and you say, you know what? I don't think I'm a citizen of heaven. I'd like to be, but I don't know if I am. I'd like to be registered. I'd like to have my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have good news for you. This is not a limited time offer. I have a Starbucks card here, a red Starbucks card. Remember the red campaign? Well, it expired December 31st. And on my card here, I, I like the red card. It was, for me, it reminds me about the blood of Jesus. Your milk has an expiry date. Your bread has an expiry date. Your car expires. Your computer expires. But the blood of Jesus will never expire. Boy, that's good news. This card expired. Very fine print. Starbucks will contribute so much to the Global Fund. Well, you pay with this card through December 31st, 09. It's ex- that offer is expired. Things expire. It, it's no longer valid. And it's disappointing. Sometimes we don't realize and it's gone. This offer has not expired. One of my favorite ads, I don't know if you've seen it, it's on TV, it's by Ally Bank. It's about an offer that expired and the poor guy's playing with his truck and it doesn't last very long and it expired. Have you seen that ad? 
I love that. It's my favorite ad. I want to watch it in service. Let's watch it. <laughs> Have some fun with that truck. Okay, time's up. <laughs> Here you go. That's a nice one. I made that. <laughs> well, you can't have the red truck. See, that was a limited time offer only. It's uh, right here in the fine print. Even kids know it's wrong to hide behind <laughs> the fine print. Why don't banks? We're Ally, a new bank whose rates will always be among the top, with nothing oh. the fine print. Aren't you glad your Heavenly Father has not put a time expiry on this offer for eternal life? Today's your day. Today's your day. Become a citizen. A couple of years ago, I had a, a friend who became a Canadian citizen, and uh, he gave, they passed on their, uh, the oath that they said. When you become a Canadian citizen, if you have, since you've come to this country, you said this, I swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. After that was said, you became a Canadian citizen. You didn't know everything about Canada, but the journey had begun. Because you spoke it, you said it before the judge, then and there, you are now a Canadian citizen. God is like that. He said, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Your name is registered. You become a citizen of heaven. Come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.